so glad to see all of you uh, tonight. So again, I'm glad to be here with you. I found out on Monday, Monday afternoon. I found out Monday afternoon that I was going to be here with you on Wednesday and was asked to teach uh, by Brother Wade. So thank God for him and he's tied up in uh, some other things. But uh, you have a Constellation Prize and that's me. And so, uh, so but again, I'm, I'm glad to be here uh, with you. Before we get into, before we get into the lesson, uh, just a few quick things, and we're going to have prayer, and I promise you we'll get into the, le- uh, into the lesson. Uh, for the men uh, tonight, uh, don't be fooled by the title. Uh, I just named that because the text happened to be dealing with a woman, but I promise you men that are here tonight, there are a lot of nuggets in here for you to get um, as well. So please, sir, don't be turned off so much by the title. Now, with that being said, first things first, uh, the church plant. And uh, Jason is going to announce, uh, I don't know if it will be this Sunday, but it will be within the next uh, two weeks maybe, uh, if not this upcoming Sunday. Um, I just found out that I plan on and I'm expected to launch the new church plant in April of next year. And so that is not long from here, not, not long at all. And so definitely time will be of the essence. So with that being said, also, Jason is going to start uh, during the announcement period, a welcome period when he gets up and those that he have get up. Um, we're, we're working together to try to set some time aside for informational meetings that I will be hosting uh, for those individuals who uh, prayerfully would like to partner uh, with me uh, as we try our best to continue to reach uh, more people for uh, kingdom's sake. So I just want to let you know that is coming. I'm really excited about it, and I pray that you are excited about it as well and that you will continue to pray with us and uh, for us. Now, as far as land and building, wow, land is expensive. Buildings are expensive as well. But we know that God is faithful. And so we're still working behind closed doors uh, with land, building, a place. Uh, but that we're not so much worried about that right now because, again, in due season, we know that God will provide for that and we're trusting him for that. But starting to get uh, groups together groups that I will be teaching and uh, start just partnering with others within the group who will become uh, leaders and who will be able to help me as we go through Hernando. So that's just a little update about uh, the church plant uh, there. Also, want to ask somebody, and we're going to get ready for prayer, but continue to pray for the vision uh, that Brother Wade gave uh, several weeks ago. Um, as far as a million gospel conversations, 30 new church plants, uh, how that is to look, how that will be executed. Again, definitely want to be very uh, prayerful uh, for that as well, among other things that's going on within the life of uh, Longview Point uh, Baptist Church. Again, and we thank God for you. Okay, we'll go ahead and let's get uh into the uh, lesson. Now, a very short outline, but I promise you a lot of nuggets that will come from the text. And again, I want to make sure that you understand that uh, the object is not for you to write. You don't have to write down everything. If that is something that you want to do, great. And if you can capture all of that, great. But at the same time, it's just to catch a lot of uh, vital nuggets uh, that apply to you that will help you 
as you continue your walk uh, with our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. So again, I promise you, again, men, you will find at the end of t uh, tonight's lesson, there was a lot of information in there for you as well, just because of uh, the text, uh, the heading of the text, we're dealing with a lady um, in this particular text, but it is for all of us that are here uh, tonight. So Mark chapter 15 and verses 21 through 28. Now, as a disclaimer, this same story is recorded over in, um, I'm sorry, not Mark, but Matthew. We're in Matthew tonight, but the same story is recorded over in the book of Mark in chapter 7. Chapter 7 and verses uh, 24, and I believe 24 uh, down through uh, 30, I believe. So, but the reason why we're coming out of Matthew is because Matthew gives more of a detailed account about this particular woman that we're going uh, to talk about. Each author gives their take and they give their point on it. Just one author goes into just a little bit more detail about uh, this situation. But again, the same story you will find over on the book of Mark and uh, chapter 7, but it's just not as detailed. So, uh, Matthew uh, chapter 15 and I'm going to go ahead and read verses 21 through 28. Then we'll get in, get right in to the lesson, and then I will be quiet and let you go. So let's begin at verse uh, 21. And it reads as follows. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaanite uh, came out of the same coast and cried at him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thy son of David, my daughter, is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Again, God's word for God's people and uh, God's word is already blessed. So when we look at tonight's lesson, when we think about uh, tonight's lesson, and we're dealing with a heavy-hearted woman who finds Jesus. Now, again, the text tonight talks about a lady, but it's just not a lady who has a heavy heart who's trying to find Jesus. Men, brethren, there are men as well. All of us, if we be honest with ourselves, once upon a time in our lives, that we've had heavy hearts, things that have bothered us, things that have grieved us. And in the midst of all of that, we were trying or is trying to seek Jesus. And if you are here tonight and you say that my heart is not heavy, there is not anything that is bothering me, there is not anything that is grieving me, Congratulations to you, but keep getting up in the morning. And if you live long enough, and I pray that you will, 
Uh, the, the marriage will not, will not always be great. There will be disagreements. The children who you love so much and they make you smile, there will be times they will make you cry. Sometimes, as I think I said not long ago, sometimes you will wonder if you picked up the wrong child from the hospital or the job that you love so much. There will, things will start happening because that's just life. And so there will come a time in our life, if it has not already happened, that we will have a heavy heart. And yet, tonight I want to ask the question, and again, you don't have to raise your hand. But I do want you to answer this within yourself. How many of you here today, how many of you are here tonight along with myself must declare that you have a need? You have a need. Now, again, I don't need to know what your need is, the person beside you, the person behind you. It is not their business, nor is it my business to know what your need is tonight. Whatever that need may be, the thing that I hope and pray that you will at least acknowledge like I have to do is that I truly have a need. And we have to realize and we have to understand that there is just something that all of us are truly in need of. I mean, no longer putting on false pretenses, no longer going around trying to make other people believe that everything is great, everything is fine. The sunshine always comes out in my life. Everything is grand. But I have to be honest with you. I have to be truthful with you. I have a need. And tonight, there could be some people tonight, today, that are struggling with their health. And it may not be your health personally, but it could be the health of a loved one, somebody that you care about. Others that are here tonight, you have aging parents. And the more and more you look at your parents, you realize and you begin to understand just like myself. I celebrated my 41st birthday on yesterday. And, <laughs> yes, sir. And I was talking to my mother on yesterday, and I was just thinking that the Bible talks about three scores and ten that a, an individual is promised. At, at the very least, and that's 70 when you think about that number. And it just hit me all of a sudden yesterday that I am closer to 70 on, on this side now. And I will start visiting and going to more funerals than I will actually baby showers. And nevertheless, when I think about my mother, because my father, he's deceased now, but my mother is 60, I think 65, 66, and she's aging. And I slowly but surely watch as her health just continues to go down. And if time has its way, mom will not always be around. And I said that to say this tonight. Some of you may be in that same situation that you watch your parents. You love them so much. But you continue to see how father time continues to take his toll. And you begin to realize and understand that they won't always uh, be around. But then there are some of you that are here tonight, you are struggling with decisions about life. Should I get married? Or I want to start a family. How much is that going to cost? Do I need a better job? Do I need a bigger house? 
I'm tired of staying in the place that I am renting and want to actually be in a place that I can call my own. And so some of us here tonight are struggling with those type of decisions. Uh, high school is out and kids uh, who are teenagers now are facing the facts and, the, uh, and they're having to just really think about what am I going to do now? Am I going straight into the workforce? Am I going to a four-year institution or a two-year institution? Or will mom and dad allow me to stay at home and give me some time to find myself? And so, again, there's many of us who are struggling with decisions about life. And if you do let your child stay at home, don't let them stay at home too long about finding themselves. And so we are here today with our hands out. We're here today with our hands out looking for a healing or a breakthrough, looking for a blessing, and even in some case for some of us, looking for peace because where we currently live at, we cannot find peace. And so when we think about tonight's text, when we look at this lady that I am going to begin to dissect and pull out for you and introduce to some of you uh, tonight, that's the same case with this lady here. She's struggling. She has a need. This woman reminds me, in some case, if you heard me the other week preach about Zacchaeus, she's desperate. She's not only desperate, but she has a need because the Bible, the text tells us that her daughter has been possessed by the devil. So she's desperate. She has a need because, again, her daughter has been possessed by, uh, by Satan himself. And so, again, you may ask the question tonight, so what is a lady that is desperate, that has a need? How does that apply to me? What does that have to do with me tonight, brotherhood? And, I'm, again, I'm glad that you asked that question because this lady in the text tonight, man or woman, she represents you and I tonight. And the reason why I can honestly say truthfully from the scripture that she represents you and I tonight is because when you and I, when we are in need, when we are desperate enough, we will go to any length to get our needs met. And if you don't believe me, those of you who have children, those of you who have grandchildren, those of you who are in this class tonight and you are married and something happens to your loved one, I am quite sure if I was, and I am not, but if I was a betting man, you would go to any length to try to do what you can to save your wife, to save your husband, to do whatever you can to save your children or your grandchildren. Will you at least nod your head to let me know that you do agree with me on that? Okay, great. So you will go to any link. And the reason why you're going to do that is because, number one, you're desperate. You're watching your child who you love so much and they're sick. And if there's anything you can do to help them get well, you're going to do that. And you're going to go to any length to do that. Your wife or your spouse or your husband, wife or husband, whoever it is uh, that you are married to, heterosexual that is. Um, but to you're going to do the culture we live in. I have to make that very clear. Uh, but, uh, and I'm not apologetic for it, uh, but you have to, you, you have to be honest. My wife, I love her to death, and if something was to happen to her right now, I will go to the ends of the earth to do what I can 
because I'm desperate and I am in need of whatever it is to help her get better. And so prayerfully, you will feel uh, the same way. But here's the sad fact of the matter, and I hadn't got into the points yet, and we will get there. But there will be some of us, whether in here tonight, or there may be some people that you know who have a need, but they are too prideful. They're too prideful to admit that they are in need. They're too prideful to admit that they are desperate. And as a result of being so prideful in admitting that, hey, I have a need. Yes, I am desperate. As a result, their needs will never be met. Your need, whatever it is you have tonight or you will have in the future. And always remember this. If you let pride get in the way, that need will never be met. People you might be ministering to or mentoring to, Share this with them. You know they have a need. They know that they have a need. But if they continue and will allow pride to stand in the way, that need will never be met. In order for that need to be met, brothers and sisters, we have to acknowledge that there is something broken in us. That there's something that's broken in us, something that's broken in Brian Hood, And we have to understand, as I said a few weeks ago, that we have an itch that nobody else but Jesus himself can scratch. Again, if we be honest with ourselves, we've all once upon a time, or if you keep living long enough, you will have an itch that your mama can't take care of as much as you love her. Daddy can't fix the problem. Money can't solve the problem. All of your connections in the world, your education, your self-importance, will not be able to solve the problem. There will come a time in life, just as we find here in the text tonight, where this lady was desperate and in need, and she sought out Jesus. And there will be things that happen in your life and in my life that we will have to seek Jesus out because everything that we hold dear to, everything that we possess, none of these things will help us. If you don't believe me, God forbid it, but if you come down with an illness, and I know people who've had millions of dollars, and their money could not buy them good health. People well-connected, and their money could not get them out of the hospital. Nobody but Jesus. And I could go on and on and on to other things, but prayerfully, uh, Preferably you begin to understand and realize what I am uh, talking about tonight. But if our needs are going to be met, we have to understand that there is something broken in us, that we cannot do it on our own. And I truly believe that has been the problem for so many of us far too long. We have been trying to do things by ourselves and on our own. You cannot fix your marriage by yourself. You cannot fix your children by yourself. You can't do anything by yourself. But I did read somewhere in this Bible that with God, all things are possible. So we have to keep that. We have to realize that. We have to wrap our mind around that concept that by myself, I am nothing. By myself, I can't do anything. But with God, all things are possible possible. 
And this false pretense that we continue to put on that all is well. I don't know about you, but it takes too much work to put on a show. I mean, when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things, you have to go through, put on a show, put on this uh, smile and everything. People come up to you. You're screaming and you're hollering on the inside and everything, and you're smiling on the outside because who are you trying to impress? Who are you really trying to impress? You have a need that needs to be met, and it's not being met, and yet you put on this false pretense as if everything is all right. Failing to realize and understand that if you be open and honest, that the person that you're talking to could empathize with you, not sympathize, uh, I can't even talk, but would empathize with you that they too have a need, and they're desperate, and they can't do it by themselves as well. And so this is why, brothers and sisters, as I continue to go through the text tonight, this is why we cannot base our response to God based on somebody else's estimation. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that, there will be times that individuals, people will look at you and they will ask you, they will say, well, why do you go to Longview Point? Why are you so excited to come to Longview Point? Why is it that you talk about this God all the time? Here's the reason why you're so excited. Here's the reason why I'm so excited to talk about this God, to come to a place where I, I can worship freely and uh, serve uh, this God out in the community. It's because I was desperate and I had a need, and he met my needs. And my question for you tonight, and again, you don't have to raise your hand, but for those of you that are here tonight who can truly acknowledge you had a need and you didn't know how things were going to pan out, you didn't know how everything was going to end, but somewhere, somehow, God not only made a way for you, but he met your need as well. And so this is why you sing the way you do in the choir on Sunday morning. This is why you serve with joy and gladness, or somebody asks you to do something for kingdom's sake, and you're not frowned up, you're not bitter, or you don't say, well, can't you get somebody else? You're delighted to do the things for God and for kingdom's sake because you know better than anybody else that God met your needs. I don't know what your needs were. I don't know what your needs are, but I can tell you my needs, and I can honestly tell you, as much as I love my mother, and when my father was living, I had some siblings, but there were needs that I had they could not meet, they could not solve problems for me, and there was nobody but God. And for that, for that, that is why I serve him with a glad heart. And so, as we go ahead in the text, if you look text, and I'm going to pull a little bit. We're still in Matthew, but if you think about in Mark, and you don't necessarily have to flip the Mark, I know on both where I can go back and forth very good without just having to flip back and forth. Uh, now, what Matthew does not tell you, this lady who is looking for Jesus, she's seeking Jesus. If you go over into Mark, she's looking for Jesus. She begins to explain her situations to Jesus, and over in Mark, Mark tells us that while the lady is talking, as she's talking, Jesus is silent. He does not say anything. Now, I don't know about you, but if I am desperate, 
if I am in need and I am talking to you and I am telling you my problem, I need you to respond to me. Even if it's no, even if it's no that you cannot help me, you will not help me. I need some type of response so that I can move on. You just standing there, that doesn't help me. And anybody know just from a human standpoint, when we talk to each other and when we're asking one another of something, you do expect some type of response. Am I right? Okay, everybody nod their head. Okay, great. You're, you're with me. Okay, so you expect a response. But when you get a chance and later on and you go back and you read over in Mark, Mark said Jesus was silent. He was silent and he did not answer her. And everywhere that Jesus goes, notice in the text, everywhere that Jesus goes, this woman, she follows him. When he sits, she sits. When he walks, she's walked. Again, she's desperate. She has a need. She has an itch that she herself cannot scratch, but she knows who can scratch uh, that itch. And everywhere that she goes, she says, Lord, have mercy on my child. Again, she has the need. What is the need? Her child has been possessed, and that's what the text tells us tonight. The child has been possessed by the devil, and she has a need, and she's going to any length that she can to ensure that her child is healed. And so as parents, as parents, brothers and sisters, tonight, we have to make sure that in our prayers that we continue to ask God to have mercy on our children, just as this lady did here, that we will not always be around our children. But even in our absence, Lord, keep your hands around my child. Keep my, your hand around our children. Because if God does not keep his hand around our children, whether it's at the bus stop, at school, on their jobs, wherever it is that they may be, if God does not keep his hands around them, there is somebody else who would love to get a hold of them. And he goes by several names, Prince of Darkness, Lucifer, Satan, Devil, whatever it is you want to call him. So again, I challenge you tonight that if that is not a prayer that you pray, I challenge you as parents, as husbands, as wives, grandparents, pray that God will always continue, especially in your absence, that he keeps his hands around your children. Okay? And so we, so as we continue, um, as we continue uh, to move on, the Bible tells us that this child is possessed, is demon-possessed. And so sometimes... Brothers and sisters, and I said this a few moments ago, this child is demon-possessed. And sometimes when we look at our children and sometimes the way our children act, sometimes it makes us wonder. I don't know about you, but sometimes the way my children act, sometimes I wonder if they're not possessed, if they are not demon-possessed, okay? And so sometimes, again, you think that you picked them up at the wrong hospital. But again, this is why it's so important that you and I, that we stay on our knees in prayer uh, to God. Now, again, God realizes, God understands that even if we put on a false pretense, that underneath all of our skin, underneath our smile, God knows that we have a problem, that we do not necessarily have an answer for. He knows that we have 
problems. And no matter what we do, these problems will not go away. And he also realizes and understands he knows. And eventually, we will come to know, and I pray that we will come to know, that the problems that we have, the needs that we have, that Christ is the only one that can meet our needs or even scratch our itch. But the woman in tonight's text, the woman in tonight's text, when we look at uh, tonight's text, she realized and she understood that Jesus was the only one that could provide for her needs. And so now in order for her to get her needs met, there's two things, two things, and I have them outlined in your outline here tonight. There's two things, two obstacles that she had to learn to overcome. Okay, so the first thing that she had to learn to overcome, she had to overcome the obstacles of her faith. This woman tonight had to learn to overcome the obstacles of her faith. Now, you have to, you have to realize, you have to uh, understand. Now, it's hard for this lady at this day and time, and if you go back and you read and you study and you know about what's going on at this period, this woman in tonight's text, she can't get at Jesus as a Jew because she, in reality, she's a Gentile and uh, definitely she's a, Canaan, a Canaanite. Uh, in other words, definitely a Gentile. She's uh, not one of the children of Israel, but she is a dog. Now, I know that sounds horrible. And ladies, please don't run after me. Don't hit me with your purse or anything like that. I'm just speaking from the text tonight. Because at this day and time, if we were living at this day and time, and because of the traditions, and a Canaanite woman slash Gentile woman was known or in regards as a dog. Now, I know that sounds bad, but that's just the way it was at uh, that day and time. And so the Jews despised Gentiles, despised uh, Canaanites, and yet this woman was classified um, as one. And yet when we look at tonight's text, when we look at the scripture uh, tonight, she has a need, but her faith runs right into her obstacle. This woman has a need and her faith runs right into her right runs right into her obstacles because again she's an outsider according to her race because again she's a gentile a canaanite slash canaanite uh and not only that but she's a woman also so i mean she has a lot of things that's working against her she's from a race that is despised she's known as a dog, and then on top of that, she has the nerve, the audacity to be a woman at that. And so she has to work through all of that, and still she has a need that needs to be met. And so if you notice here, if you notice here uh, also in the text, this woman, in spite of her race, her background, where she came from and everything, she did not allow that to stop her from finding Jesus. Again, why is that so significant? Because she had a lot of obstacles. She had a lot of challenges. 
And if you just think about yourself or you think about some people you know, how many people do you know, if it's not yourself, maybe somebody or maybe a combination of both, there's some things that stood in your way and stood in my way. And sometimes we have been guilty of just giving up. We have just been guilty. It's just been so hard because certain things stood in our way that we just gave up on prayer. We gave up on reading the Bible. We sat out for a while and just stopped coming to Bible study. Small groups, whatever the case may be, because there were certain things that stood in your way and stood in my way. And again, you don't have to name those things. I'm not asking you to name those things. But tonight's text ought to be an encouragement because this lady had the deck stacked up against her. But in spite of all of that, she could have went home and she could have said, forget it, I'm done and I'm tired. I'm tired of being called a dog. I'm being disregarded because I'm a woman as well. And on top of that, the region in which I came from as well. It just seemed like it's a no-win situation for me. But because she was desperate and she had a need, she did not allow that to stop her from seeking Jesus. And tonight, I want to encourage you, no matter what the challenges may be that are set before you, no matter if it's your, your gender, your race, whatever the case may be, etc. And I could go on and on and on. Don't let that stop you from getting close to Jesus. Don't let that stop you from knowing who Jesus truly uh, is. And so, again, tonight, she would not allow anything to get in her way. And so, when you and I are really in need and we come to church seeking something, there will be times, and if you notice here in the text, the Bible said that when she walked around and she was actually kept calling Christ's name, in reality, what she was doing, she was actually hollering. She was actually screaming. That's exactly what she was doing. And if you notice here in the text, the Bible said that it, got, it annoyed the disciples. In essence, it got on their nerves. They were annoyed by this woman who kept walking around screaming at Jesus. And so, again, why is that so annoying? Why is that so important? Because there will be times in your life when God meets your needs, when God will make a way for you and you know it was nobody but God. And there will be times that you will lift your hands in the sanctuary. There will be times that you will sing with gladness. And here's the thing about it. There will be times you will even be outside of these four walls and you'll be smiling and you'll be talking about this Christ and you may even shout for joy. Always remember, there will be some people who get annoyed by it. They will be annoyed by your joy. They will be annoyed by your passion. They will be annoyed because you have the nerve to take your hand and actually lift it in the sanctuary. But here's the reason why you can do that. Here's the reason why you can and you will and you'll have a desire and you have that passion to do that is because you know like nobody else that you had a need and God came through and God met your need. And as a result, it doesn't matter who looks at you funny when you open up your mouth and you're singing songs of praises to God. 
It doesn't matter who looks at you weird when you say, I'll get up and I'll pray when nobody else will pray because I have a reason to pray. Because I was desperate. I had an itch that I could not scratch. And God stopped by to see about me. But always remember, just as it is in the text tonight, the disciples got annoyed by this. There will be times in your life where people will get annoyed. And so, as we continue to look uh, at the text, now, God is silent. This woman is talking and she's saying, she's telling God what she needs him to do and everything. And again, if you tiptoe back over in the mark, the Bible tells us God is silent. He does not say anything. So again, why is this so significant? Because there will, again, be times that you will have needs. You have had needs. You will have more needs just like myself. And there will be times with your walk with God where God is silent in your life. You, I don't care how much you read the Bible. I don't care how many times you pray or how early or how late you stay up and have your devotion time with God. There will be periods of time, seasons in your life where God is silent in your life. Where God is not saying anything to you. And you're doing everything that you know to do. And God is not saying anything. But I want to encourage you tonight, just because God is not saying anything right now, his silence is not an unwillingness for him to meet your needs or my needs. His silence serves to temper you and I. His silence serves to remind you and I, because we live in a society that we want it our way right away. Everything that we want, we want it with the snap of a finger. We want somebody to jump, and when we say jump, we want them to say, how high? Now, that may work for your friends. That may work with people that you know, but that does not work with God. And sometimes God is silent in your life. Sometimes God is silent in my life to, uh, again, to tamper our faith and to remind us that he does not operate on your schedule nor my schedule. And again, God may not show up when we want him, but I declare he is always on time. I mean, always remember that. Always remember that when you're in that season of life and it's dark, God is not answering. He's not coming when you want him to. Always wrap your mind around this concept. He may not come when I want him to come, but I promise you, he is always on time. God is never late. Now, we're late. We tend to be late and sometimes get later and later and later, but God is never late. And so that's the first point right there. She has to overcome the obstacles of her faith. But here's the second point that I want you to realize and I want you to be able to see in tonight's text. She sees an opportunity to her faith. She sees an opportunity to her faith. Now, this woman, she's going around. Lord, have mercy on my child. My child has been possessed by a demon possessed. I need you to heal my child. And so she's talking to Jesus. She's telling Jesus. Notice here in the text, there's quite a few interesting things that goes on in the conversation between this woman and Jesus. Jesus says something that seems to be harsh. 
He says something that seems to be harsh. And when you notice it in the text, notice that the woman catches what Jesus says, but the disciple, it goes over their head. They miss it all together. And you would think the very ones who's been walking with God, they would catch it just like that. But what he says to this woman, she catches it just like that. And disciples, they miss it. He, and if you don't believe me, let's look right here. Let's look right here at verse 26. If you look at Matthew verse, uh, chapter 15 and verse 26, and he said, but he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and the casket to dogs. Okay? Now, she caught what he was saying. The disciples missed what Jesus was saying. They thought and they assumed that Jesus was just insulting this woman. They thought that Jesus was being mean and cruel to this woman by calling her a dog and saying what he said to this woman. And, but Jesus was saying, in essence, this is what he said. Jesus said, let me give the children their bread first. That's the first thing that Jesus acknowledged. Let me give the children their bread first. He never said, I am not going to help you. But right now, I have something else that I am working on. I have something else that I am tending to. And he said, let me give the children their bread first. And brothers and sisters, we as God's children need to learn how to live on God's leftovers. Now, if you're writing that down, I, I encourage you to write that part down or text that to yourself. And if you have a good memory, great. Memorize it, okay? Now, as I've said before, don't say, I've got this, and then if you're the one that's saying, where are my glasses, I can't find them, and they're on your face, you need to write this down, okay? But as children of God, we need to understand how to live on God's leftovers. Again, God was already in the midst of doing something. He told this, he wouldn't help her, but right now I'm not getting to you. I'm not going to deal with you first. And so we need to learn how to live on God's leftover. Living on leftovers isn't leftover living. You need to understand that. Do not walk out of here tonight thinking that it is bad, it is horrible to live on leftovers. Because living on leftovers isn't leftover living. This woman, as a result of what God said, and living on leftovers, and realized that living on leftovers was not leftover living. Now, before I go on, let me just expand on it just for a few moments. When I said living on leftovers isn't leftover living, this is what I mean by this. How many of you in here like red beans and rice? Great, great. Now, when you first cook red beans and rice and you sit down and you eat it, it tastes pretty good, right? Or if you go to a restaurant and you eat it, it tastes pretty good, right? But say you end up getting uh, filled and you can't eat it all in that particular meal and you either take it home with you or if you fix it at home, you pack it up, you put it in the refrigerator. When you turn around and you eat it the next day, don't it taste better the second day? And guess what? You're eating leftovers. This is what I mean when I said that living on leftovers isn't leftover 
living. Matter of fact, it can be growing. But the, the woman in tonight's text, as I try to hurry on and wrap up uh, this text, this woman, she was content on being second. She was content in waiting and being patient. She didn't walk away. She did not say, well, Lord, since you can't get to me, since you will not deal with me, here and right now, I am going to walk away. This woman in tonight's text, she was content on being second. And so when you look at uh, the text and you realize and you begin to understand, the second thing that Jesus gives as good as the first. Whatever Jesus gives, the second thing that Jesus gives is as good as the first. And so when Christ in the text tonight, when he made the reference little dog, and he called her, he called her a dog. And the disciples were upset. They were, they thought that again that he was insulting this woman. And when the Lord here in the text referred and called her a dog, this is what Christ actually meant in tonight's text. When he said dog, he was referring to a house pet. He was referring to a house pet, and again, he told her, I'm dealing with the children first. I cannot deal with you right now. I am dealing with the children, and I'm going to give them their bread first because it is not good to waste bread on dog. He was not insulting her, and when he said dog, he was talking in regards to a house pet. If any of you have a house pet, you know, you know and you realize and you understand that there have been times when you're grilling or if you're cooking, and your pet knows that you're cooking and grilling. They love you so much. And they know that you love them so much that they're going to come right there beside you. And they're not going to leave. I don't care if it takes 30 minutes for you to cook whatever it is that you're cooking. They're going to stay right there by your side. Because they know and they realize that they're going to either get some crumbs or they're going to get a full course meal from you. But they're not first a lot of times. Because you got children, you got to fix their plate, and so forth. But that house pet knows that their master loves them so much that if they hang around long enough, they are going to get some crumbs from their master's table. And that is what Christ was saying to this woman. And this woman actually caught what the Lord was saying because she stayed around where the disciples missed it all together. And the reason why I know the disciples missed it all together, because they said, send her away. Send this woman away. But if she have just went away, even if Christ had said, well, go away, and she followed that, her daughter would have never got healed. But again, I want to challenge you tonight. I want to encourage you. Being second is not bad. Just because Christ may not deal with you first, does not mean that God is through with you and he will not answer your prayer. You have got to learn to be patient like this lady is in the text tonight and have some determination and be like the house pet. I am going to stay right here next to the master because I know the master loves me enough that sooner or later he is going to provide for my needs. And so that's what the Lord uh that's what the Lord was saying here uh, in the text. And because, because of her faithfulness, because she was so determined, because she stayed uh, right there, the Lord commended her for her faith, commended her for staying right there. 
he commended her because if you look right there in your outline, and I definitely uh, had that put in there in your outline, and that's something that I would encourage you to highlight and begin to wrap your mind around, that crumbs, crumbs from God's table is better than any meal from your enemies. Sometimes we think that we have to have a three-course meal from God. And God is so awesome. You don't have to have the full-course meal. That even if you just get crumbs from God's table, it is better than any full-course meal from your enemies. And so we have to have the determination that no matter what season of life that we find ourselves in, that we're going to wait. We're going to wait until the Lord blesses us. We're going to wait till God answer my prayer. I'm going to wait till God scratch that itch that I am not able to scratch for myself. He told her to go home, commended her. Again, when you think about the text, there are, you read about hundreds of people in the text, but there are only few people that God has ever commended them for their faith. If you think about the man and his friends, and his friends lowered him down, took the roof off of a house, and because the house was so full, and they lowered him down, Jesus commended them for their faith. The woman who had an issue of blood, and the Bible said that she touched the hem of his garment. And as I heard one theologian said that when Jesus stopped, the blood stopped flowing. And he commended her for her faith. And I could go on and on and on with other characters, but very few people that God has commended for their faith. Tonight, can God commend you for your faith? Can God say, well done? Will God say that you've been patient? That you realized and you understood you didn't always have to be first, but you understood that crumbs from the master's table was better than a full course meal from your enemy's table. Told her to go home. Woman goes home and she finds that her daughter is doing well because of her faith, because of her term determination, that she was willing to be second. She was willing to wait on God. She even said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I will wait. Yes, Lord, I will be patient. Yes, Lord, tonight is dark here in my life. And you may not answer my prayers tonight, but yes, Lord, I will be back tomorrow praying that same prayer. Yes, Lord, I will be back on Wednesday night. Yes, Lord, I am going back up in that choir. I might not have sung as well as I would like to. Some others might have laughed at me. I may even have things going on in my life. But yes, Lord, I am coming back. Can you say that tonight? Will you say that tonight? May God bless you tonight. And may God keep you uh, is my prayer. Are there any questions or comments about tonight's lesson?